0: And not, wherever you are, and whatever time it is in the world, welcome along to what we are calling an emergency code red edition of the brand new Interworldwide podcast. Why are we doing an emergency edition? Because desperate times call for desperate measures, and gutsy. And it doesn't get much more desperate than our situation at the moment. It's time to introduce my full blown crew today. Mario, how you doing, my friend?
1: Not too good. How's everything with you guys?
0: Yeah, good man. Good. For the first time on this podcast, we have Christian, the Realist Rivas. Thanks for joining us, man.
2: Yeah, what's up, dude? How are you? Mario, you're a classy guy. Just remember that.
0: <laughs> and I'm very, very excited to introduce someone to you guys. This is the first time you're going to hear his voice, but he doesn't need much of an introduction. He's the boss. He's the Don, the founder of Interworldwide, Samir. Thanks for joining me, brother.
3: Yeah, thanks for the intro, Anthony. Ciao, everybody. No worries, man. Hopefully everybody bought the
0: intro. Anyway, so we've got so much to talk about today, and I'm going to start off with a positive note. Now, a lot of you guys will remember the first two episodes we discussed with my friends Alessandro that we have introduced a really important segment to Inter Worldwide. We have been interviewing and communicating with a bunch of inter-established clubs around the world, and we are extremely excited to bring you the first edition later on this week where we're going to be talking about the Inter Club in Egypt. For you guys to get a little bit of a heads up on what we are going to be talking about in that podcast, head over to interworldwide.net. You can check out the exclusive interview there with Alessandro. And you can get nice and hyped. We got plenty of clubs lined up from London to Rome, Sydney to Melbourne. You name it; it'll all be coming at you. All right, that's about as positive and optimistic as it's going to get for the next twenty minutes. So, it's a disaster at the moment. It's a shit show at the moment. We just can't seem to plot to add two and two or one and one. We can't seem to score a goal. Spalletti looks out of ideas. The media is having an absolute field day. It's a frenzy. I'm going to cross over to Mario first. Mario, I spoke to you before the match against Bologna, and man, I could feel the pessimism in your voice a little bit more than my other counterparts, Bruno and
1: Alessandro. Were you surprised? What went wrong? What's going on, bro? I mean, I took the time out of the day to go food shopping, and so I figured, hey, let me watch this game real quick. That's where it all started to go wrong. They screwed up my order. He kind of an open net five minutes into the game. And from then on, it's just missed opportunity after missed opportunity after missed opportunity. I don't know how long this is going to go on for. It's been going on for too long uh, that he misses. Who else misses? Uh, everybody misses. Lautaro misses. Vecino misses. Um, it's, it's just really been horrible. Across the board, defensively, I mean, there's not really much work because we have the possession for, what, 60% of the game, which is more than enough time to create an attack and then finish an attack. But it just seems that our attack is just so discombobulated that no matter who you bring in, who's on the wings, who's playing center mid, you could put Handanovic in center mid and play without a goalie. You could put, uh, I don't even know, Ronaldinho in his prime to play on this freaking team, and you still won't get anything out of them because Icardi is not the right person to be up top for us. Until that changes, we're not going to do anything. Yeah, fair enough. Can you elaborate a little bit more
0: on why you think Icardi is not for us? I know you talk about his personal characteristics, but... Would you say that our tactics have become one-dimensional around Icardi for far too long?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's gotten to the point where no matter who we bring in, they have to adapt to our system. It's a broken system. It has been for so long. Uh, It starts with the management. I will give them that. So you see we needed an attacking midfielder desperately. Every single transfer window, who are we targeting? Defensive midfielders, box-to-box midfielders, wing-backs. Left backs. We can't uh, seem to get D'Ambrosio out of a position. Uh, We can't seem to find a left back that could uh, do a proper job crossing, going forward, defending. Um, So it just gets to a point where everything's just through the wings, and we have, you know, we stress our wingers too much to the point where everyone's complaining there's no service, but all we do is launch balls into the box from left side, right side, long balls from the midfield, and there's just nothing going on. Yeah, I'm going to go. Christian, go for it. We did get
2: Benega that one year. And I don't care what anybody says, he could play the attacking midfield position. The problem was, was, once again, the issue with the Cardi being so one-dimensional, if he does not have the perfect pass, he can't do nothing. So we can't sit there and say that it's, it's always been management's fault because management did go out and get attacking midfielders for him, and he's struggling the same thing. Now, in Nangolan's defense, yeah, he's been hurt, but to me he's more of a box-of-box midfielder than an actual attacking midfielder. But the issue is, once again, we go back to Mauro. His style of play it, it is just not working for us anymore. At some point, you got to sit there and cut your losses and be like, all right, it's time to move on and try to
1: get what we can from him. I, I agree with that 100%. Banego was a dream signing for me because he could play anywhere in the midfield. He could play the Regista, he could play the attacking mid, and he can do any of it well. Um, he has the support behind him with whoever it is, Vecino, or now would be Naeem or at the time, Brozovic, who can cover that, that space behind him. But Icardi not being able to play with his feet outside of the box kills us. And once we go forward, it breaks down because we have to go sideways rather than directly at them. I'm I'm sure we've all seen how teams just like to pack it in. So if it's Icardi against six defenders, how the hell do you expect him to win a header? Uh, You need the perfect ball. You need the defender to slip. You need a mistake from from the goalie. You need need luck on your side. Um, And it just doesn't work.
0: We noticed a lot of the last season and this season, ragazzi, we saw a lot of our goals actually come from set pieces. This is not a good sign at all. We lack creativity in open play. There was a match last season, funny enough, I think it was against Bologna, where it was nil-nil up until the 72nd minute. We needed a scrinia header and a Ranocchia header, two headers in the space of five minutes, to get us over the line that day. We did not deserve that, to get over the line that, that was day. was the
2: Benevento game we went to.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> no. uh, was it the Benevento no. I, probably, Sorry, sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah. Did you, to that, did you
0: guys go to that game?
2: Yeah, we had actually, we were on the sidelines for the game. We had box seats for the game. That's right. it, was actually, it was actually funny because Mario, all you hear him is shouting, Yeah, Rano, mi capitano.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and he God, he's standing God. right in front of us. That's a I funny. Think, place. I, I think it's just that we, we have a system that's built for Icardi, but we don't have the players to implement the system. But, like you guys were saying, we don't we really don't have a player like Ever Benanga who, who had that touch, who had that vision. We do like we have Rosevich who's uh, who I see as a box-to-box midfielder. He passes really well, but he really doesn't have that, you know, 10-10 vision, that Ozel vision, you know, that Benega vision. We just don't really have the right playmaker. We don't have a play that takes risk. Like, if you see us play against every team this season, it's just very predictable, very easy to intercept and understand what's going on. And as it was very evident against uh, Bologna last time. Uh, and um, they were so easy, like, to just know every, every next step of ours because Spalletti plays this very boring um, football where it's just, like, just pass, 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 and then crossing, inshallah, and, and that's pretty much it. Yo, Basama, yeah. we did have Vinega. So,
2: I mean, we had benega and he was trying to give McCarty those pinpoint passes, and the problem was, McCarty would always lose the ball and throw his hands in the air because he can't dribble anybody. So McCarty
3: well, has, has zero, like, zero not, We don't
2: have that. So, I mean, whose fault is that, though? Like, you're asking him, he needs to have the perfect ball with nobody around him. Because we had Benega and we got rid of Benega because it wasn't working out. Benega was folks. One, One question, boys. We
0: got Eva Benega on a free transfer, didn't we? Yeah,
2: we, we did. did. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah so this, this this reeks this reeks of the kind of deal that inter-management... This is a la Shaqiri all over again, where we buy a player for cheap or free, and then we realise the plus Valenza that can be made on the books, and we knock them off for full profit. This is what makes me a little bit nervous, because if they've done this in the past, what's stopping them with doing it for, say, I don't know, Stefan de Vrij in a year or two, when we can bank on a $35 million profit from that? It, it just, it's the incompetencies of our board, and this is where my little rant's going to come from today and i promise it won't be long but i just feel like sometimes we're being shoved a little bit by our board they're not telling us the truth they're trying to give us all these false dawns and these false hopes like inter is here inter is going to compete but we don't behave like a big club we talk like a big club but when it comes to actually putting theory into practice we behave like a mid-table club and this is the reason why the fan base is so toxic at the moment and so divided and I'm going to swing the ball back to your court, Rivas, because I know you've got a few things to say about the fan base and currently what we're going through. Because at the moment, mate, I wake up every morning and social media, there's a civil war going on with our fans at the moment. And it's really unhealthy. I don't want to be known as the Italian version of Arsenal Fan TV or Arsenal FC, man. So can you please clarify a
2: little bit what's going on? Well, well to me, it's it's a lot of Icardi fans versus Lautaro Martinez fans and also you got a lot of actual Inter fans in the middle of it, kind of like, well, if Cardi's doing bad, bench him. Do what Mancini did. Mancini benched him for four to five games, if y'all remember when he was doing bad. You know, at at some point, you guys got to understand that this kid is not bigger than the club. You know, and how are we going to know if Toro can take the bulk? You know, if he's not getting the actual steady running games, He's coming in as a 20-minute sub. He's not really getting a run in. He's really not getting acclimated to the league. And the problem is that people are expecting the world out of this kid, just like they did with Gabigol. But what happened? You know, Mm -hmm. the kid, Gabigol, had the whole world on his shoulders because Inter put him out there like he was the new Ronaldo de Lima. And he flopped because he was never given the proper chance and he was never given, you know, he wasn't ever actually given a run in games. When he did come in, he did a little flair. Yeah, I'll give him that. He did his little droga Bonito. But in the same sense, did he really get a chance? We, we heard Frank Du Bois say that he never wanted him. You know, Pioli got him thrown on his lap as well. And then when Spalletti comes in, Spalletti's pretty much sold. Icardi's the focal point of the team. So is it really Gabigol's fault that he didn't, he didn't plan out? I've never thought it was Gabby Goal's fault. I I remember him coming in
0: and showing a little bit of passion to the fans, you know, telling them to stand up and get on their feet when we had a corner in the last few minutes in that disgusting sprite can of a jersey. That must have not sat well with the current board or the management because we were sitting in about seventh or eighth position at the time. God forbid someone should come in and spark a little bit of something. Pisses me off and just reminds me of Rafinha last season. Maybe we should have taken that amazing Trequatista attacking style player that had heart, had soul, and would kiss the badge after two or three matches. We made a fair few screw-ups, man. Samir, what do you have to say about all of that? About the Bologna match? About the Bologna match, and basically the, the stars of our team, the players of our team, they look like they were hanging their heads. They look like there's, very, there's a very few players in our team that look motivated to wear the Inter badge at the moment.
3: The only players I see that are fit to, to wear the Inter jersey are Handanovic and then Skriniar and Devry and Brozovic. Nobody else, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, we saw that against Bologna. I mean, Brozovic ran and ran and ran and ran and ran just nonstop, and he fought for every ball. And, you know, De Vrij did make a mistake against Santander. It was, it was a stupid mistake, but, you know, he, he's always given... Uh, 200, 300% on the pitch with, with Skriniar as well as Handanovic. If it wasn't for Handanovic, it would have been 5-0 at least for for Bologna. Um, as for the rest, I really don't... I think it's, it has to do with a locker room issue. I I don't know what exactly is going on with Inter at this point. They're, they're just... I feel like the media pressures them after December and the curse, the December curse, December curse, and I think it gets in their head every single season. And we see it every season that after December, we, we just, we're just just
0: shit. Yeah, absolutely. Mario, your turn, mate. Of the players that took the field against Bologna, I can understand that you were absolutely livid with the performance. After that performance, where do you see the squad going forward? Do you see any of these players able to elevate the rest of the team, or is there just too much mediocrity, both physically and personally?
1: I mean the thing with this is it could easily be changed. Uh, you make a couple changes to the personnel. Maybe you bench Icardi, like Christian said, which I am a huge advocate of because I ran the numbers last season uh, without Icardi. Since we signed him pretty much, it's been nothing but results. We've played, uh, I think it was like 20 something games. We lost two, tied two of the rest were wins. So, uh, I mean, it's a small sample size in, what, six, five years? But at the same time, it's, it's the truth because you see the way the team plays. They're motivated. They have something to prove because their in quotations, captain isn't on the field, so someone has to step up, whether it was Eder, whether it was Perisic, whether it was Kondreva, or Banega even, uh, you know, the people that needed to, to shine and take the team to the next level did exactly that. So if that's what it takes, do it. And to piggyback off of uh, what we were saying before with with the the transfers, it's so much easier to sell Icardi than to rebuild the whole midfield again and again and again. Because it's been five years. We've had I don't know how many different midfielders capable of playing that, whether before or after we sell them or buy them, they perform. So once they come yeah. to either, what's the problem? It's the system, and you know, it, it just doesn't—it doesn't make sense how, with five coaches, they've all managed to play the same way because Icarti does not allow them to play any other way.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, Rivas, swinging it over to you again. The current contract of Icardi, uh, the release clause is set at 110 million euro. Now, we've been discussing the opportunity of an extension, and the fee was planned to get bumped up to around 170, 180. Do you think some of the directors and some of the managerial at the club are having a look at that release clause right now and saying, hang on, maybe 110 is okay? Maybe 110 is more than enough to cash in on this one-dimensional striker. Maybe upping up the release course to 180 is going to scare away the Madrids, the Man uniteds and the Chelseas of the world when they realize that this guy really only has one tactic to suit his system. What do you think about the Akaddi contract situation, and have we kind of really started to add fire to the
2: relationship there? Well, honestly, I think we would be stupid if we get him a contract. I don't care. Everybody's going to crucify me for it. The man doesn't deserve $10 million a year. He doesn't act like a captain. He's not a captain. Secondly, yeah, he's a good poacher. I'm not going to take that away from him. He's a solid poacher. He's probably, I would say he's not a world-class player. He's a world-class poacher. There's a big difference. People don't understand that. He knows
1: great. Outside, he's not.
2: Exactly. So the thing with this is I'm thinking Pepe Marotta is thinking to himself, maybe we shouldn't give him the contract, and let's see who bites on buying him in the summer because come on now we've heard this year in and year out every year he wants a new raise and Wanda's out there running her mouth saying oh, Atletico wants to buy him Madrid wants to buy him, Man U wants to buy him, Chelsea wants to buy him okay, come July let's see who's going to buy him Yo, she even offered his services at Juve bro Like, let's Uh, be real and anybody that says she's running her mouth you got to remember something she's his wife so he's okay with what she's saying and what she's doing. He's behind it all. You think that she's going out there just doing it for fun? No. I'm telling you now if any of y'all ever had a girlfriend, your girl runs your relationship. So if your girl is telling you something, you're going to do it because you know the consequences. Happy life. Happy life. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. The realist
0: always with the fire. Love it. Samir, contract, Ikardi, set at 110. Rumoured to be bumped to 180. If you're sitting on the board of directors tomorrow, and Marotta walks in and he goes, Samir, Don of Inter Worldwide, it's your call, bro. <laughs> Micardi contract. Do we sell the guy or do we offer him the raise and the extension?
3: Ah, uh, that's actually very tough. I would, if you'd ask me now in his current form, I'd, I'd tell you hell no. But as an overall player, I think I think you guys are just. You're not giving him the proper credit. I mean, Icardi is one of, in my opinion. I mean, you guys are gonna hate me for this, but I think he's one of the top strikers in the world. Um, his style of play sometimes his ball control is trash. Yeah, but I mean, when it comes to numbers, I mean, he's he is one of the top goal scorers and in, in Syria consistently. So, uh, as a captain, I, I don't agree with him being a captain, but I I also don't agree with giving him ten million. Would I extend his contract? It depends. If there's a if there's a good deal from Atletico, Chelsea, wh- whoever wants to get him, if, if the number is right, we, I, I'd, I'd tell him. If not, then I, I'd keep him. Listen, what listen sense?
2: Just, I, just I just want right. to touch on something real quick about Cardi.
3: Yeah. I don't know if you
2: all ever realize, but we've had several incidents in the locker room since he's been here.
3: Sure. Whether
2: it be with Jojo Jovicic, Yajic, Brozovic, or Perisic, there's okay. always been discontent with Icardi in the locker room. Yo, everybody's going on parachutes right now, but you also got to remember he came from a very, very long summer and wasn't well rested. If you all remember in 2011, what happened to my boy Diego Melito when he came back from the Argentine national team? He had a rough year. So a lot of players have that slump after the World Cup. If you look at Grisman and all these players, they're all not firing like they were last year. Correct. So to sit there and say that this is all parachutes' fault – it's kind of absurd to me. You know, when, when you look at this guy and Dalbert yesterday were the only two on that left wing that kept fighting for balls with Brozovic, and they kept trying to do something. But, again, it's a million and one crosses into the box with one player, and it never gets there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, let, let's be serious. If you look at the game, Paris will take the ball. He goes straight down the wing. What's he doing? Exactly what Spalletti tells him to do. Cross the ball to Cardi. Me personally, I would want to see him cut in and take a shot, but it seems like he's going with what the coach is telling
3: him. Uh, I like I to add on to what you're saying, Rivas. Um, I've I've got a question because I honestly don't understand why Inter play this style, like this this system and this style Dude, of play. The the is, is we've had the same issue with Spalletti, Frank de Boer, uh, Mancini, Pioli, every, the way. every every even even when, when he when he was a temporary um coach we we have the same game like the same setup same formation same style of play it's just cross 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 does it have to do you think it's 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 our system is it the coaches like what exactly is is, is let's let's get something straight with mancini mancini played it when a cardi played.
2: if you notice when jovich was in he never played that style they would come in come down the middle and attack like a regular team and even when Adair's in on the game and Acardi's out, you will see a different style of game. It wouldn't be a million and one crosses with nobody getting it. You know, it would actually be build up from the back, dribble down the middle, and look for the player to come back and get the ball and hold it, or he would be direct. Icardi is looking for all those crosses because that's the style of play. You got to remember something. At the end of the day, the inner board is most likely telling these coaches, This is our golden boy. This is the golden child. We need to attend to his, you know, to his style of play. So what are you going to do as a coach? You're going to listen to what your boss tells you. Even though we've heard, we've heard Mancini and other coaches say that the reason we play the way we do is because of our striker.
0: Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) I would agree. So
2: go on, No, I'm okay. The way I look at it. Went, whenever Cardi's off the field, we play a different style of game. I don't know if you it's guys so ever know it's, it's true.
0: No, we have. We have. And you know what? More often than not, when Adair was subbed in and was made a sacrificial lamb on the 60th minute, more often than not, he'd go and grab the equalizer mm-hmm. or the winning goal as well. That's something yeah. a lot of people, I think, failed to look past. We'd switch up our tactics in the last maybe 30 minutes, and there's good old Adair coming in with the header or coming in with a slight dribble to the far post, hitting that bottom corner. More, more times than one, Ragazzi, i tell you what. Um, keeping conscious of time, I reckon we've got a few more minutes to get through here tonight. I'm going to start with you, Mario. Our next fixture... Sorry, you know what? Not even our next fixture. Our next few fixtures are really going to determine the overall progress of the team for the rest of this season. I think if we are going to kickstart the momentum, it needs to start ASAP. We don't have any more room to move because our rival teams are going to start playing easier matches. We've been very lucky the last month. Our rival sides have either met each other or played some pretty strenuous matches as well. So looking at this week, you know, we saw Lazio do ever this morning. Even Atalanta did Cagliari down 1-0. So I'm conscious of the table at the moment. Yeah, we're still in third. But four points on Milan, five points on Roma, Atalanta, Lazio. I'll repeat that. Five points on three sides. Roma, Atalanta, Lazio. A lot of people aren't noticing uh, Atalanta's style of play under Gasperini is doing bits. They are playing some fantastic football. Roma are looking to kick into gear. Lazio are kicking into gear. We are the out-of-form team in the bottom seven, eight, ragazzi? We're the out-of-form team. This week, we come up against Parma. It's not going to be easy at all. What is a your thoughts going into this weekend for Parma, Mario, and what changes would you make going into this game?
1: Parma is a must win. Um, to go off the question a little bit, uh, it's not like we're in a crisis yet because we're still in a champion's position. We're in third place, which is better than what we were doing last year. So that's a positive. That's the only positive I can take in this current situation. But Parma's a lost win. Um, I would I would honestly bet Cardi, Uh I would give Dalbert minutes. I would even throw Asamu in the midfield if possible because...
0: I've been saying that for a change.
1: while. I yep. said that when we first signed him. I was like, he has to be in the midfield, play three in the yep. back even if, it, if that's what it takes. Because he has the work rate. He has the tenacity. He goes balls to the wall every play. He can hit a long ball it, that's something I would do. And he, following that, he I have, would. Keep going. Oh, uh, sorry. He would
0: compliment Brozovic so well. Sorry to interrupt. A lot of the fans are crying out for a player who doesn't have to make Brozovic work so hard. Desino does nothing. Galliadini does nothing. Why has it taken this long to put Asamoa, a player who can hold down that central defensive midfield role, so, so long to get into that position? Sorry for interrupting you, but I had to butt in there because I've been saying that for week, weeks. Asamoah has- as- should be playing next to Brozovic to free him up.
3: Has Asamoah played that position before? He,
1: played- he has. Uti he played it at in the event too, event.
3: I don't remember because I, you know, I never watched that team.
0: Yeah, no, he even played in the Champions League in that position a few times as well. Hmm. So, there you go. Rivas, going over to you, man. Parma, your thoughts. Keep it brief. Are you confident or not, Christian?
2: Honestly, the way we're playing, it depends who plays. Honestly, right now, I think we're probably going to draw. Yo, these dudes, they all got their heads down. Spalletti's head is on a – right now, it's about to be on a silver platter. Yeah, I really think if he doesn't get this win, he's done. Uh, uh, honestly, I like the idea of Asamoah in the midfield. The the thing is, you got so many players out of form. Whether it be Gagliardini, Vecino, I'm not gonna say is out of form. He's just garbage. But you know, Gagliardini last year, he showed that he could play that position next to Brozo. When we have Brozo, Gagliardini, and Rafini in the midfield, it worked like you know, it worked like Nova King. You know, it was it was good. But he hasn't been getting any minutes. So how do you expect this kid to find his legs again? Not only that, we don't
0: have that Rafinha type to connect the dots either. We're either playing with a fifty-five to sixty percent fit and unmotivated Nangolan, or we're just seeing a complete cluster of a formation that's not working in the four, two, three, one. Um, last but not least, Samir, thoughts going into Palmer Bray lay it on us.
3: Ah oh, man, that's tough because you know, um... They they came back against uh, Juve. It was three three in the in the dying minutes with Juvinho. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. But you know, it, it's not beautiful at the same time because they're coming in against us next week, and they're they're motivated. They're you know, they have the right confidence to to go in there and 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 say you know we 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 drew against Juve. We can do against Inter out of form Inter, not just Inter, but out of form Inter, and. I mean, Inter is gonna go in, and it's just it's for Spalletti. It's either a win or, like, like what Rifa said, it's either a win or he's he's for sure gonna get sacked. Cause we we did lose to Parma in the beginning of this first half of the season, correct?
0: Correct, we did. I would say that he is on the chopping block. here. Yeah, this would probably be his last chance. If he doesn't get the win, you know, maybe if he gets a draw, he saves face for one extra week. But a loss would definitely spell the end keeping conscious of time. That's all we have time for in this emergency red alert midweek edition. We hope you all enjoyed it. Never stress. We will be here again for a podcast, probably just before Padma or if not, definitely straight after, and we'll keep the content coming to you guys. I'm just going to say a quick thank you to my boy, Christian, the Realist rivers. Thank you so much for coming on, man. And we look forward to you coming on again soon.
2: Yeah, I'll be back. Uh, if we make it at this time again, and I'm not knocked out, I'm definitely gonna be back. <laughs> Man, Mario, you're the king, bro. Thanks for coming on again, and for your sake
0: and for everyone else's, I hope you of eat some bench before the season's over. <laughs> oh
2: Listen, God, we're been. not anti Cardi. We're just being realistic here before everybody starts saying that we're anti-cardi. Know, cares anti the day. Cardi. I know. At the end of the course, we got
0: we got four guys on the one podcast that all probably wouldn't care if he was sold. It just goes to show the change in thinking that the Inter fans have had over this season. I don't think you can get four people to simultaneously agree at the same point that Icardi being sold is the right option. So thanks again, Mario and my boy Samir. All right, and thank you very much, ragazzi. We are going to see you very much soon from all of us here at Inter Worldwide. Forza Inter, ciao.